Good morning. I'm Robert Trent Vinson, your worship associate today, and it is my pleasure to welcome you to the Williamsburg Unitarian Universalist online worship, worship service. Our greeter today is Sandra Steffen. Our other worship leaders today are our minister, Reverend Laura Horton Ludwig, our director of religious education, Austin Peterson, and our pianist, Dave Robbins. If you'd like to follow along with the order of service, I invite you to visit wuu.org to download a copy. You'll find the link right next to the Zoom and YouTube links. Now, if you're visiting today, we invite you to share your name in the chat if you like, and anything you'd like us to know about you. At the end of the service, you're welcome to join in a small group conversation, especially for newer folks. We're so glad that you're here. And if you're not yet on our email list and would like to join to keep up with all the opportunities to connect, serve, and grow, please fill out our online visitor form at wuu.org, right underneath the link to download the order of service. Now, if you've been here a while and are ready to formalize your connection to this congregation, our membership book will be open for signing virtually on Sunday following the service. We ask that you have completed Starting Point or Pathways to Membership Sessions 1 and 2, or are transferring from another UU congregation, or are a young person who has completed the coming-of-age class. Toward the end of service, we'll invite you to let us know of your interest in joining so that we can invite you to a special Zoom breakout group to sign virtually and signify your commitment to WUU. We're also going to have other breakout groups right after the service for anyone who wants to talk about the sermon or anything else that might be on your mind. They'll be facilitated and all are welcome. And one more important community announcement to make. At 2 p.m. in front of the Williamsburg Capitol Building in Colonial Williamsburg, a peaceful and collaborative community rally is set to mark a renewal of the historic Triangle Covenant of Mutuality inclusion, and understanding with the African-American community. All are welcome to join in person with masks and social distancing to keep everyone safe. You can also join by live stream and we're posting the link in the Zoom chat now. So you should be seeing that link in the Zoom chat when you have a moment to take a look. Now, if you're on Zoom at this time, you might want to change the speaker view so that you'll have a better view of whoever is speaking. And our AV technicians will be muting and unmuting you as needed. Again, welcome. We are happy that you have joined us via live stream audio or video or Zoom. Whether you have come seeking comfort, encouragement, or inspiration, you belong here. You are seen here. Even if you are joining by phone and we cannot see you physically, if you are a visitor, we offer you a special welcome and a warm thank you for joining us online today. Now, I invite you to join in saying our welcoming words. Please, as you say these words, speak them to each other and know that we are connected across the distance. The words are pasted into the Zoom chat and we'll do this as a call and response. I'll say one line, then you say it out loud wherever you are. And this is always an interesting moment, but it's a wonderful UU moment. It's what we do virtually 
uh, trying to connect with each other. So I'll say one line, then you say it out loud wherever you are. And folks on Zoom, we will unmute you so that you can hear each other. Come, come, whoever you love. Whomever you love. Whatever you love. Whatever your image of the holy. Whatever you image of holy. Your presence here is a gift. Your presence here is a gift. All are worthy. All are worthy. All are welcome. Well, we made it. We this is hymn number 1028, The Fire of Commitment, and the words should be printed in the text box in your Zoom chat if you would like to sing along. From the light of days remembered Burns a beacon bright and clear Guiding hands and hearts and spirits In the faith set free from fear When the fire of commitment Sets our minds and souls ablaze When our hunger and our passion Need to call us on our way When we live with deep assurance The flame that burns within Then our promise for fulfillment And the future can begin of our living brings a song both brave and free calling pilgrims still to witness to the life of liberty when the fire of commitment sets the find and soul ablaze when our hunger and our passion fulfillment and our future can begin from the dreams of youthful vision comes a new prophetic voice which demands a deeper justice built by our courageous voice with the Sets our mind and soul ablaze when our hunger and our passion meets to call us on our way. When we live with deep assurance of the flame that burns within, then our promise finds fulfillment and our future can be.
Thank you, Dave. Prophetic voices calling all around us. Today, may our eyes and ears and hearts and minds be open to the spirit of freedom and justice that moves in us and all around us. And may our courageous choices amplify this spirit until it permeates this entire land in every heart with every breath. Come, let us worship together. Now, please join me in saying the words to light our chalice as we highlight the Richards Thomas family today. If you have a chalice or candle handy nearby, please go ahead and light it now. Again, we'll unmute you and do this as a call and response. Light this chalice. Hey, Richards Thomas family. <laughs> we like this Thank you so much, Richard's Thomas family. Well done indeed. Good morning, everybody. So kids, if you would like to color along, you're most welcome to. And adults, I'm posting um, a link that you might find interesting about the story I'm going to tell in a moment here. But basically, I wanted to talk to you about the chalice, the whole history of the Unitarian chalice um, goes back quite some time. And so you might know that the Unitarian Universalist Service Committee is something that we're working with for um, our refugee family, our guests that are gonna come stay at Parker House. And you know we've done so much work with the Unitarian Universalist Service Committee, but way back in the day, in the 1940s, at that point, it was still called the Unitarian Service Committee because the Unitarians and the Universalists didn't actually merge until 19... 1961. And so in the 1940s, there was a man, Reverend Joy, is that a great name? And he was appointed to be in charge of the Unitarian Service Committee. You know, in the 40s, Europe was having a lot of troubles with fascism. There's no light way to say that. It was icky and it was awful. And people were having to flee from their homelands, especially Jews, Jehovah's Witnesses, some gypsies, lots of artists, professors, um, members of the press, journalists, I mean, um, and they had to leave and it was awful. And one thing that you might know about refugees is that they often get stuck in like this limbo of paperwork. Do you have the right papers? And it's this ridiculous thing because when you're forced to leave your home, and maybe you lose things or you didn't have the right paperwork or the rules of the paperwork change overnight, all of a sudden we don't have the right paperwork. And then, you know, those people are left with this limbo of 
now what? And so what the Unitarian Service Committee did, what Reverend Joy did is he asked a Austrian um, Jewish refugee who had a history in graphic design, and this was graphic design before computers even. And he said, all right, what we need is a way to create our own papers, a way to have a special stamp, a letterhead, that makes it look like the Unitarian, the Unitarian Service Committee, not the Unitarian Universalist Service Committee, we're not there yet. The Unitarian Service Committee can look official and we can help these refugees. And so how can we have a letterhead? And so he said to this, to this artist, to this graphic designer, what can you come up with? And what he came up with was the flaming chalice. And so you know this symbol, you know it well. It's a circle with a tiny little foot at the bottom and then a stem and a cup at the top and a flaming chalice like the Richards Thomas family just helped us light. And it's become our symbol, but I want you to see this symbol with new eyes. That This is a stamp that helped get people out of Lisbon, Portugal when they didn't have papers. It got them out of one of the only open ports and out of Europe when they desperately needed out. It got them freedom when that was what they most needed. And it helped so many people. It's a symbol of hope. It's a symbol of help. It's a symbol of sacrifice. All these things in the flaming chalice. It's also a, a symbol that harkens back to Greek into Roman roots. For, so for those of you who are earth-centered or pagan or anything like that, it um, has some old meaning and some new meaning as well. So all of these things are all together. And so if you would like to design your own chalice, maybe color it. And if you would like to post it to the Facebook group, that would be a way that you could help. And so the next time you look at the chalice, you can know there's so many, so much history to this and so many people that are involved in the Unitarian Service Committee that helped so many folks. May it continue. May we always side with love. Thanks, Austin. And now I invite you all to join in a spirit of meditation, reflection, and prayer. In the terrible days of the war in Europe, our flaming chalice was born as a guide, as a protector, and a sign that our work was the work of keeping human bodies safe from harm. Today, may the light of our many chalice flames guide us in these days of crushing grief and prophetic action. May we claim again the work of keeping human bodies safe from harm. For too long, we have been trapped in a violent and racist system that tries to hold down black and brown bodies, minds, hearts, and spirits. A system that steals from them with impunity that too often has stolen their very life and breath. But now 
through tears and rage, we say no more. We refuse to go along with business as usual. We refuse to allow the state to meet peaceful witness with tear gas and rubber bullets. No more. From the deep wells of generations of grief and endurance and resilience, a new spirit is rising up. And so we ask, spirit of life, breath that moves in us, fill us with resolve. Fill us with love for our, ourselves, for our children, and for all our neighbors. Help us to speak words of truth and power. Help us to act in a spirit of righteousness, bending the arc toward the justice we need so badly. Spirit of life, we need you. Be with us. Breathe in us. Act through us. Be with us. And now before we lift up our own particular joys and sorrows, I invite you now to join Dave Robbins in singing a hymn of liberation from South Africa, Sifa Mandla. And though your microphones will be muted, I invite you to sing as your heart moves you. The lyrics will be in the chat. Si faman lan kusi, si awatinka, oh God, give us power to rip down prisons, oh God, give us power to lift the people, oh God, give to withstand hatred, oh God, give us courage, not to be bitter, oh God, give us power, and make us fearless, oh God, give us power, because we May it be so. And now I invite you to take a moment and call to mind those folks who are particularly on your heart today, those who might need some extra power and courage today. And especially today, I want to lift up Mason Cunningham, Susan Fournier's husband's granddaughter. She was in a car crash over the weekend. She is recovering well but we send blessings for her continued healing, knowing that this family has had a lot to absorb lately. And also today, we hold Dave Stanford. Dave is in the hospital right now getting treatment for a GI bleed. Dave, we wish you 
the best healing and we look forward to seeing you back at home too. And Donna, we are sending love your way as well to both of you. And I ask you now, who is on your heart? If you are on Zoom, I invite you to tape to type their name into the chat so we can lift up the many loved ones that we care about. And at this time, as we hold all these loved ones, all the cares and joys, not only in our community, but in our world everywhere, I invite you to add your own silent prayers and meditations. May it be so. Amen and blessed be. Thank you, Reverend Laura. Each Sunday, we make an offering from the bounty we are blessed to enjoy. We do so in the spirit of generosity and in recognition of our ongoing commitment to serve our world and share our values. If you are joining us for the first time, please feel free to give if you wish but also know that your presence is gift enough. Today's offering goes to our general operating fund, which supports just about everything we do. Your support is deeply appreciated. And I'd like to just add a, a line when we talk about our first time uh, visitors and uh, we express that your presence is gift enough I would just like to add that all of us, for all of us, I will say that to all of us, your presence is a gift to all of us. Now, if you'd like to give through our website, please visit wuu.org and click on Give Online to WUU. If you'd like to give by text, please text the dollar amount of your gift to 757-500. 0688. I'll repeat that. Area code 757-500-0688. And you can follow the prompts from there. Or if you prefer to give by check, please mail your check to WUU 3051 Ironbound Road, Williamsburg, Virginia 23. 
1-800-273-1185. Thank you so much for all that you do and all that you are.
upon our sorrow. Once you have put away your hashtags, retweets, and emojis, once you have sat with the weight of our sorrow, what you will discover is my city has become your city. My pain has become your pain. That young person protesting has become your young person grieving. That kid looting has become your kid weeping. Do not look away. For then and only then will you truly be with us. Look again. Oh, my loves. It has been a hard, hard week. I grew up in Minneapolis, just a few blocks away from St. Louis Park, where George Floyd lived. I spent a lot of time on Lake Street as a teenager. I had a friend who lived pretty close to where George Floyd died. He and I were almost the same age, just two years apart. But my experience of Minneapolis was very different from his, very different indeed. I know that as a white person, I cannot fully understand what it's like to live in the skin of a black person. I do not really know what it was like to walk in his shoes. But I know that he died in the city I still call home and his life mattered. So even though my life has not qualified me to speak about what it's like to be black in Minneapolis or in Williamsburg or anywhere in this land, I am grateful for this chance to share with you what has been given to me to speak in this moment as your minister and as a Minnesotan whose heart has been breaking along with yours. Today, I want to lift up to you a story that was told 2000 years ago in the book in the Christian scriptures called Acts. It comes after the stories of Rabbi Jesus's life and death. You remember that Jesus and his students were Jews under the control of the Roman imperial state. As Howard Thurman reminds us, under Roman rule, Jews were excluded from citizenship. They were treated as second-class people in the very land where their people had lived for generations. When Acts begins, the Roman state has already executed Jesus as a criminal. The stories say he came back, but now he has gone away again, leaving his followers on their own once more. And they are doing their best to hold it together, even though they are shaken and traumatized by all the violence and the loss that they've been through. One day, the 12 main followers are all together to celebrate the Jewish holiday of Shavuot, or as it's known in Greek, Pentecost. 
These 12 folks are the ones the Bible calls apostles, which literally means messengers. These are the ones that Jesus had tapped to lead the community. They're all together in this house in Jerusalem. Now, these folks that Jesus chose to lead his movement, they are strangers in a very sophisticated city. They're country people from Galilee, far from the city. They don't have a lot of formal education. The Jews who were from Jerusalem make fun of them because they speak with uh, what they consider a, a funny accent. Here in the city, most Jewish people see them as second-class people, but not for long. Here's what the text from Acts tells us happens now. Suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. And of course, we don't have to take this literally, right? This is wind and fire as metaphor calling us to look, look again at what's happening in this story and in our world. And now the apostles, the story tells us, are heading out to the street. They're speaking in all these different languages, and people start gathering around to see what's going on. Now, Jerusalem at this time is filled with Jewish people from all over the Mediterranean, many cultures. This crowd is diverse. And now everyone in the crowd, no matter where they're from, begins to realize they're hearing their own native languages coming out of the mouths of these disciples who for sure do not normally speak all these languages. And the crowd is like, what is going on here? Somebody starts making fun of them and says, oh, they must be drunk. But Peter, the leader, steps up and says, nobody is drunk here. They are inspired. And he says to this crowd who knows their scriptures, he says, let me remind you what our God said through the prophet Joel. In the book of Joel, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female slaves. I will pour out my spirit. The crowd on the street listens to Peter and they realize something big is happening here because they know the prophet Joel. They grew up on this text. They remember that Joel was writing during a plague. In Joel's day, an enormous plague of locusts came and ate the crops, devastated the food supply and the economy, and the spirit of the people. Well, today, here we are, staggering under the weight of twin plagues. One, of course, has come at us fast and hard. The COVID-19 pandemic has shaken us to our core, and it is not done with us yet. And the other, the 400-year-old plague known as white supremacy, 
of this plague, the Reverend Dr. Raphael Warnock of Atlanta's historic Ebenezer Baptist Church said just last week on Pentecost Sunday, I quote him now, there is a virus in the air and it's killing people, black people and white people, red, yellow and brown people, old people and young people. There is a virus in the air and it's killing people, COVID-1619. And in this land, we have been trying to beat back this virus since 1619, when about 50 slaves or so arrived in Jamestown, Virginia. Prophetic words. So we too are a people living in a time of plague. But as Dr. Warnock reminds us, that ancient prophet Joel has something else to say. Joel says, this plague will not last forever. And the time is coming soon when the energy that we call the spirit of life and love will breathe words of prophecy into the sons and daughters, children of the community. And isn't that what is happening right now? Our young people witnessing in the streets for their right not to be killed. Joel tells us the old men will dream dreams and the young men will see visions. And isn't that what is happening right now? The creative spirit of life in every person is leading us now to see and believe that new ways of being are possible, that we can change. We can eradicate not just the COVID-19 plague, but the devastating plague of racism and white supremacy. Joel tells us, the creative spirit will rise up in those in his community who have been enslaved. And right now, right now in a people whose ancestors were enslaved, a people who have endured and thrived under tremendous obstacles, the creative spirit of life and love is rising up in power as it has so many times before. The community is speaking words of prophecy and power that are transforming all of us. And those of us who are alive in this moment are blessed, blessed to be a part of this transformative movement. In these days, protesters in the streets in our city and around the country are glowing with power and truth, as if those Pentecost flames were burning above their heads. The signs and chants and prayers are calling us all to witness to the light of truth, the truth that racism is killing black and brown people and poisoning all our hearts. They are calling us to witness to the warmth of community as our people rise together and support one another, they are calling us to the fire of commitment, to stay in the struggle and move past our despair toward a passionate hope that this time change is coming with our help. The Pentecost story ends like this. Peter preaches his heart out to the crowd. They listen, they take it in. And the text tells us they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? 
They were cut to the heart. And in these times, have we not been cut to the heart by what we have experienced and seen and heard with our own eyes and ears? And now the question rings in the air. Brothers, sisters, siblings, what should we do? Look again. See that flame, that light of truth, that warmth of community, that fire of commitment moving in these strange, difficult, and yet persistently hopeful times. That flame burns bright right now. May it burn in you too. So may it be. And amen. I'm going to invite you now to listen with me to our closing song. It's a video performance of Hezekiah Walker's gospel song, I Need You to Survive. It's sung by Dr. Glenn Thomas Rideout, Director of Worship and Music at the First Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Ann Arbor, Michigan, and the UUA General Assembly Choir from 2016. Let's listen. Please use the link provided here or go to YouTube and search for the closing ceremony on Black Lives UU at UUA General Assembly 2016. The song starts at 37 minutes and 20 seconds into the video. Wow, um, extraordinarily powerful. Um, anyone who knows me a bit knows that I cry at gospel, so I'm, I'm there and some of you might be there too. Um, and particularly at this time, um, it's important. That message is so important. Uh, we need each other. I needed you all today to help me make it through the morning. And um, as a community, we will continue to love each other, show up for each other, care for each other, um, express our vulnerabilities to each other um, because we do need each other. Uh, powerful, powerful message today. So we move to Extinguishing the Chalice, and the Richards Thomas family, I think, will lead us there. Um, now we can say the words to extinguish the challenge, the chalice, and we invite you to blow out your candle at the same time. We will paste the words in the Zoom chat, and again, we'll do this as a call and response. Robert, are you leading the call and response, or should we lead it? You can lead, please. I think I stepped on you the last time. So I just wasn't sure what to do last time. <laughs> sure. Thank you. Sure. Extinguish this flame. Extinguish this flame. But not the light of truth. Not the light of truth. The community. The community. The fire of commitment. The fire of commitment. These we carry in our hearts. Until we are together again. Until we are together, we are together again. It's time to close, but I'm going to invite you to reach out your hands in 
and an acknowledgement that we are all together in this moment. And as we go forth, may the light of truth be born anew in our hearts. May the warmth of community bless us with the love that everyone deserves. And may the fire of commitment strengthen us for all the challenges to come. Bless you all and go in peace. Amen.